Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Samoa's criticisms over travel makes waves on the seventh circuit. The West Papua Warriors make an impact on and off the field. And Fiji's cricketers continue to struggle at the Under-19 World Cup. But first, the Tonga Amateur Sports Association and National Olympic Committee says claims the organisation is broke and dysfunctional are all a misunderstanding. Tonga's Prime Minister Akalisi Pohiva told Parliament last week that the government had lost faith in the operations of Tasanok because it had no money and was unable to function properly. The president of Tonga's Amateur Sports Association, Lady Robin Tuivakano, says that isn't the case. Well, that's unfair on Tasa, but he has his own opinion without asking Tasa. And that's why ONOC and IOC came to our rescue because we're really not answering to government, we're answering to IOC. And we have had problems in uh, updating our reports, which we have done, but everything is okay if everybody knows what they're doing. How can it be a matter of opinion, though? You either have money or you don't. In every game, we ask government for assistance. And we had proposed three months ahead the amount to government to help us because at the time we had been blocked from ONOC, uh, uh, our fund coming in. So they gave in, in five sums. So, yes, they did know that we had no money to take our sport. And all the athletes are sort of relied at the end to government to take the athletes. And that's a one thing to take a big team to Papua New Guinea. We cannot afford to take everybody. And so government came to our rescue and take all the athletes. It all started from there. Yeah, was that a case of TASA not being able to manage its own finances correctly? Well, yes, there was no finance. We've got overdraft here and there. And uh, yes, you may say that, but um, that goes back to like uh, 80 years ago. But right now, we've revised our constitution. The TAP is already open from uh, ONOC because they just withheld our fund and and it's now going. It was because... We had not accreted to some funds that was released, and every fund had to be accountable and accreted for, and that was long overdue, so that was the reason. So has that been done now? Are those funds now accounted for? Yes, and that's why ONOG has been saying, and no NOC can ever be bankrupt because Olympic has an allowance for each 203 uh, National Olympic Committee. You're obviously still obliged, though, to use the funds that you do receive responsibly and be accountable for those, right? Definitely. Every every fund is for a reason. Uh, there's no fund for travelling. There's fund for development of athletes and sports-related. We need to attend some teams, so sometimes we ask them if we could use it for travelling. But uh, there is no money for travelling in the fund that comes. All fund is for maybe as a scholarship, they will pay you to go somewhere. 
But to attend a game or a competition somewhere, it is the duty of each national federation. And TASA may help, but TASA has no money to help for traveling too because our fund comes from IOC for specific reasons for administration and for development. So is that why there was an issue with Papua New Guinea last year, the money to travel the flights to the Pacific Games? Yes. So what about the Rio Olympics this year? Where's the money going to come from that? Have the federations got that? Is TASA able to support them? Tonga uh, uh, qualifies uh, or universalities. Um, uh, uh, Olympic usually pay according to the number of athletes. To and there's also been an accusation from the sports minister in the House that TASA has until the 15th of this month to uh, update its constitution to, I guess, get uh, money to be able to uh, do that and, and send its athletes. I uh, don't think government and ministers should accuse TASA. But yes, we do. We, that is uh, what we uh, are. This is what IOC has told us. We've got a timeline, and by the 15th, we have to upgrade, revise our constitution, and that's it. We've got our first draft. We just have to consolidate and send it back to IOC for approval, and we've got our AGM lined up for March, and we'll adopt the constitution, and that's it. It was done in the last six months. That's the president of Tonga's Amateur Sports Association, Lady Robin Tuivakano. Fiji have regained top spot in the World 7 Series despite failing to retain the Australian leg title in Sydney at the weekend. For the second week running, Ben Ryan's team were beaten in the semi-finals, this time by eventual winners New Zealand, before bouncing back against South Africa in the third-place playoff. That result also meant they returned to the top of the overall standings on points difference ahead of both South Africa and New Zealand. Samoa, meanwhile, climbed one spot to 10th overall despite being pipped by Canada in the bowl final. Their coach, Damien McGrath, says it was a decent result after a challenging week. I was pleased in the end how we did because we had, I made it clear about you know, how unhappy we were with the travel arrangements and you know, how it affected us early in the week. We only had six fit players up until we got two replacements that finally came in on Thursday. and uh, So it was a disrupted week, but you know, it gave some of the players a chance to rest. We got off to a shocking start against Fiji. We'd spent all week looking at footage and yeah, you, it just shows you can plan as much as you like, but if you don't perform, then you won't get any rewards. So that was a real disappointment, but I was delighted with where the players outplayed Argentina, who are one of the top four teams at the moment. And we were, again, robbed the players feel controversially, uh, you know, after the Hooter. And then we beat France quite convincingly, you know, and but for that after the Hooter defeat, again, it would have been a quarter-final spot. So we're, we're an almost team at the moment. It was a bittersweet day on Saturday. You know, we, we performed so well against Argentina, but just didn't quite get the breaks. Did well against France. Well, I personally was confident for Sunday that we'd go through and win the bowl easily, but... The players just had nothing left. It's the first time I've seen them so tired mentally and physically. They just really couldn't get up for the games. We did well against Russia and then fell away with tiredness and and just hung on to win. Same against Portugal. You'd expect to beat uh, every time. The score didn't reflect, I think, how much better than than we were. And then against Canada, we just didn't get the ball and they were just too big and strong for us at the end. And uh, So that was a disappointing finish, but um, a long way around of saying that I'm, I'm happy with how the fortnight went. Whilst the results weren't perfect in Sydney, there were a lot of performances that gave me gave me heart. This little gap before Vegas has presumably come at quite a good time. It has. Uh, we've given the players most of the week off. They're not back in until Friday. Uh, rest is just as important part as physical fitness side. Mentally and physically, I think the, the players will enjoy a few days off. 
every every team seems to be in this sport. It's a real endurance event now. England, I think, finished with seven, eight fit players. So all teams are finding the same thing, particularly in the second week. But for us, it'd be good to get some of our injured players back into the next leg with more confidence. There does seem to be a few recurring issues uh, every tournament, from Samoa's perspective anyway. Uh, you know, we've talked about injuries. I guess it's probably two or three tournaments now where you feel like there's been one game that you've been utterly robbed of, uh, and then obviously the, the travel schedule's yeah. been uh, difficult as well. Uh, when you have ongoing concerns like this that seem to be repeating tournament after tournament, uh, are you confident something will be done? Is, for example, the refereeing, is that an issue you take up? You mentioned the travel concerns the team has oh, had, and, and that's been discussed yeah. with World Rugby as well. Are these things being dealt with behind the scenes? Yeah, the travel concerns. I, I mean, I, I, I had a slap on the wrist for, for making public my um, you know my thoughts on that, but I just felt it really was um, you know poor form. I've been in professional sport for 25 years and I never really had a day like we had on Monday, which you know, I just didn't think was acceptable at all. But World Rugby assured us that these things will be dealt with and that you know this sort of thing won't happen again. In terms of the referee, you know, I think Paddy O'Brien, the referee's manager, and I send in my concerns and he, he always responds and comes back and gives us good feedback. When they've been wrong, they put the apologise. You know, at least it, it shows that they take our concerns in the right manner. Every coach always feels he can find a reason why they've lost. Um, it's just unfortunate for us that three after the Hooter defeats, which cost us either quarterfinal or semi-final, Referees don't do it on purpose, just like the players don't make mistakes on purpose. So you've got to take that on board. And the referees are working hard to improve their side of the game, just as we're improving, you know, working hard to improve ours. In terms of that travel thing, obviously we discussed it in Wellington, and then of course I saw you on Twitter there, and I thought, oh well, there we go. There, the situation just escalated into a, a real farce, and we've had the conversations with the powers that be, and they said, I, you know, I wasn't really, I shouldn't have spoken publicly about it. I just felt that I, I had to say something because it, it really was terrible how we were treated, and you know, the, to be fair, you know, we got the apology I think we deserved um, because. Player welfare is the ultimate thing, and it's the players who put the spectacle on. It's it's the players who you get two houses at the Sydney Football Stadium to watch. And if the players aren't at their absolute peak, then the spectacle's not as good. So we've got to look after the players properly. And by a long way, we weren't the only team that were unhappy with where things went on Monday. Uh, it was just that I spoke out, uh, rightly or wrongly. When you say a slap on the wrist, is that World Rugby or is that Samoa? Well, both. I mean... Samoa felt we, I should have gone through them. I think it was a combination of a lack of sleep and uh, frustration that made me uh, you know, voice my concerns publicly. Since we're on the travel, uh, what are your arrangements looking like for Vegas? Are they a bit more friendly? Uh, uh, and obviously up well, to... no, they weren't. <laughs> we were given a very poor travel schedule. But with what's gone on in the last leg and uh, with the Simone Rugby Union have, have taken this up and uh, they're fighting strongly that you know the travel situation we've been given to go to Vegas just isn't acceptable. So I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that our last conversation with World Rugby will, will, will do the trick and we, we'll get um, a revised itinerary, shall I say. That is obviously the next tournament and just under four weeks' time, and uh, deja vu again. Uh, not only have you had France three tournaments in a row, you get them four in a row, but you get everyone again. It's the exact same pool as Sydney. How crazy is that? You'd never bet on that one. So it's a, it's a tough group, but the players, they feel it's a good chance to, to right some wrongs. Um, they're certainly confident um, about playing France and Argentina again, but it also gives them an opportunity to maybe show themselves in a better light against Fiji. They were disappointed with how they played against Fiji. And uh, Las Vegas, always a destination that seems to get a strong Samoan uh, support base as well. Yeah, we're very lucky. I mean, I, we get a lot of who are based in, uh, in in that part of the world and they're as fanatical as, as any Samoan supporters. So we're expecting some great support over there. That's the Samoa Sevens coach, Damien McGrath.
The West Papua Warriors have made a statement both on and off the field, running out resounding winners 54 points to 8 against a Philippines development side in Sydney. The team is made up of players from Papua New Guinea and West Papua and was formed to raise awareness about the ongoing human rights abuses in the Indonesian province. Team captain Talakami says despite the result, it wasn't easy. It was a tough game. Um, I think the scoreline doesn't reflect the, the quality of opposition the Philippines was, but um, the boys really did dig deep and they played with a lot of passion. And uh, we managed to get on the scoreboard pretty early, which kind of helped us eventually get to the win. So, so in terms of your preparation, you had played a few Nines tournaments back in PNG. Uh, you came down for the Cabramatta Nines tournament in Australia. Did you have any chance of playing a 13-a-side match before this actual game? No, that was the actual. That was actually the first. 13-a-side match, this group of boys uh, played together. We were a bit uh, nervous before going to the field as we hadn't had a proper 13-a-side trial match before, but all the boys are experienced players, so uh, it came together in the day. And obviously this was about doing well on the field because, you know, it's a competitive sport, you want to win, but uh, there was obviously a a lot of other reasons why this team had been formed and and why you guys had all put your time into it. Uh, What did it mean to play a match representing West Papua and I guess also representing PNG as well, where a lot of your players are from, and, and to be on the international stage against a team from the Philippines. Uh, it was massive. I mean, like, like I said, it, the result doesn't reflect the real meaning of the game. Uh, win or lose, it was always, you know, it was a historic moment. So the supporters that came along, you know, were just so happy just to see the team run out in the morning star colours and, and getting a win was just a bonus on top of everything. It meant so much more than the, than the result to, to everybody involved. And what was the turnout like? Uh, were there just average rugby league fans as well? Were there people there that obviously shared your beliefs in, in, uh, in terms of promoting the cause of West Papua? Or? Yeah, it was, it was a mixed crowd. It was a good crowd. There was a, I mean, obviously the Philippines brought along their support. Um, in terms of our crowd, it was, um, it was a mixture of um, rugby league fans from PNG mainly and then the West Papuan activist groups that came along Maybe went into rugby league before, but just came along to support us, and we're just happy to be a part of the whole movement. So it was a really good crowd. It was a really good crowd, and uh, we got to meet everybody afterwards, and yeah, it was just a really good atmosphere. And so, what's next, Tully? You've had this historic international match. Uh, I know most of your teammates, uh, you know, play in domestic leagues in PNG and like the Digicel Cup, etc. Uh, do you kind of go back to your, your day jobs, back to your day teams uh, at this point, or is there something on the horizon? Yeah, well, the Digital Cup doesn't kick off for a couple more months, probably about another month. There's a few more nine tournaments here in, in Port Mosby that we've been invited to participate in, which uh, we will definitely look into. But the next sort of big one on the horizon is uh, we, we've got an official invite to the USA nine, which is in um, May. So we're, we're you know seriously considering about uh, taking the team over there. It'll just come down to funding and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if, we can, if we can get all the sponsorships um, in time, then... Yeah, it looks like USA 9 should be the next target. All right, so what sort of teams would be at that? I think it's, a, it's only an 18 competition, so four of them are the, are the national clubs in in, uh, in America, and then the other four are in international invitational teams. So it's Canada, Jamaica, a team from Australia, and an indigenous side from Australia, and we're the fourth. It should be a good level of competition. That's the captain of the West Papua Warriors, Talakami. Fiji remain winless five matches into the Under-19 Cricket World Cup in Bangladesh. They have one final chance to avoid the dreaded wooden spoon against Canada in the playoff for 15th place. Coach Shane Jurgensen says despite plenty of disappointment, there have been some bright spots. 
we've improved, no doubt, every game. And yesterday was a very good sort of performance in terms of we improved probably a little bit more again, particularly with our bowling and our fielding. I said to the players after the game, I gave our bowling and our fielding probably a six and a half out of ten, certainly better than what we've had. Probably the main area of concern is that we keep bowling a lot of wides. Normally at this age group level, you do bowl a lot more wide than what you do at next levels up, but probably you're still giving the opposition another five overs of batting, you know, up to 30 wide, it has been at times, so that's quite bad. And in the end, you know, we're chasing a lot more runs than what we had to. But other than that, it was bowling uh, was excellent. Our opening bowler, Thucker Thucker, took another uh, four wickets, so he's now tied leading wicket taker for the tournament which has been great. And then uh, we had a great performance with the bat yesterday with Penny Bola uh, Bola scoring 80 and did extremely well and was under a lot of duress too. It was a bit of a, in a bit of a tough innings. He caught the ball in the elbow, caught the ball in the foot and a few other injuries during his innings. But, you know, unfortunately he was probably the only one that was uh, tough enough with the bat to stand up. And that's probably been the disappointing part of the tour so far. We just have not been able to score runs. And Thacker Thacker and uh, Penny, you've had uh, with ball and bat uh, two people who have performed, um, you know, very impressively throughout the tournament, really. And Josh, our fast bowler, he's been bowling first changes too. He's done quite well with the bat too. He's come out and scored 29 twice now, uh, and maybe one more uh, innings. I can't remember exactly what he's got. So we've, we've had sort of three or four guys that have certainly stood out, but it's probably been the main issue throughout. You know, to win games of cricket, we really need more of a overall team contribution. And, and unfortunately, most games, we've only really had one, two, at the most three people that have played a good game or above to an outstanding game. And we've just had way too many uh, people you know, just not really adapt to conditions. And, and as I just said before, our batting's been very sort of disappointing in terms of our discipline. It's such a shame because we've had reasonable preparation. I suppose overall, though, we really needed to play a lot more cricket before we came here, and we just haven't had a chance to do that. In all seriousness, when we qualified to come here, uh, we had a very short preparation for that. We don't want to make any excuses. However, there's been a lot of big-name teams that have come to this tournament and failed. There was a huge result yesterday with Zimbabwe beating South Africa. So that was a, a huge shock to hear that. Although that we're saying to ourselves, yeah, we'd like to have played better, we'd like to have done better, like to have won a game yet. Where we are in a place called Cox's Bazaar, there's some big-name teams that have not made in the top eight. So there's been a lot of shocks. And that's what happens when you come to Bangladesh. There's been many a team come here and been shocked by the conditions and how to play, haven't adapted. So uh, we're certainly not alone. You've got one final fling, Shane, uh, Canada. They've also played Afghanistan and Zimbabwe, uh, as have uh, Fiji. I don't know if you've had a chance to see any of that footage or, or what you know about Canada. Or What's the sort of motivation going into this game? Obviously, it's 15th v 16th, so there's the uh, desire to you know, not finish bottom of the rung there. Um, you know, what's the sort of talk going into this one? We certainly would like to have a good performance to finish up. I've sort of closely kept an eye on them. Um, they've sort of got a couple of good good bowlers and a couple of good batters. Oh, look, I think it's going to be a pretty uh, even contest. Uh, the boys will be pretty fired up for this one because there was a small little incident that happened at a hotel <laughs> earlier, in the, earlier in the tournament when we didn't have such a good game against South Africa. So the boys might be fired up to do very well in this game. So... 
But I think also it's a really good opportunity, more importantly. So I would like to give a couple of guys that haven't played so far an opportunity to play. So I'll, I'll be looking to draft those guys in for an opportunity to play in the last game. But at the same time, I don't want to take away the strength uh, of the side that we've got because I need to make sure we want to win this game. Any international game of cricket's important. So it'd be nice to for the long term to have a close look at what I've got on the bench and then we can take it from there because it's also an opportunity, you know, this tournament's about developing players and people on the field and off the field. So it'd be nice to give these guys a go and finish up with a win at the same time. That's Fiji's under-19 cricket coach Shane Jurgensen, and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.